It's the Early Access Podcast live here on Christmas Eve. There's going to be a little bit of a shorter show because Kula and I want to go do stuff. No show on the 31st. We're usually live here Tuesdays, twitch.tv slash stillshampoo at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It'll be shorter today because we want to go do other things with our families. But also on the 31st, which is next Tuesday, there will be no show. We will be out, hopefully shit-faced, getting drunk, and celebrating the new decade. It's literally a new decade. Um, The first one that... I mean, I was born in 95, so 2000 wasn't really, like, notable to me because I was five. I didn't quite understand that. And 2010, I was, what, 15? And I think I was literally playing, like, Super Guitar Maniac Deluxe 4 at the time, or 3. Whichever, like, mobile flash game, I was mobile rhythm flash game I was playing at the time. Uh, But this time, it's the first time a new decade has come around where I could drink and also where I have, like, a party to go to, so... That'll be dope. Uh, That means no podcast until January 7th. So join us again Tuesday, 8 p.m. PST here on Stell Shampoo. This is a little shorter of an episode because I'm going to go over a recap of things that I've done this year. But for those of you who just joined us on the Early Access Podcast and you might not have known me, I started content creation January 2010 on January 30th, my uh, 15th birthday. And so in January 30th, 2020, Stell Shampoo will have been 10 years old where we have this podcast and so I was a professional Twitch streamer. Uh, I started 2010 just doing dumb YouTube stuff. But in 2013, I started doing professional Twitch streaming. It only took me a couple months, not a couple, but six months maybe to get partnered. And I was a professional content creator from 2013 to 2016. 2016 and especially 2017, mostly 2017, uh, I decided that I didn't want to do full-time content creation very much anymore. So... Evolve had just uh, not really been a game anymore. The developers decided that, oh, not the developers, actually 2K was going to pull the plug on the funding for Evolve. And so uh, I decided that I didn't want to build up a community again because those of you who aren't professional Twitch streamers or don't know the rise and fall, a lot of your success is tied to the game you play. And so when the game you play changes, that view count will drop significantly. It's especially a significant drop if you're a specialty streamer like myself. For variety streamers, when you swap around games, there will be a notable change in your audience, but it's not going to be um, as much of a deal. Whereas if you were uh, like me and you built a career streaming Evolve for two, three years, and they stopped development of the game, they're not updating it anymore, it's gone, they're taking the servers off, um, then they, that could be really bad, especially for your view count. And I decided in 2017, I no longer wanted to be a professional content creator. I really stopped streaming in 2018, 2019. I haven't produced as much content for myself. So in 2017, 2018, I I joined the workforce. I worked for a VR arcade that is no longer open, but it was in a not very nice mall, not a terrible mall, but it's not a great mall. And uh, in 2018, I actually graduated college. It took me five years. uh, And I I don't have much to say for my college experience. Um, so 2019 was the first time that, you know, I was out of college. All of my time was to myself and I could spend all of that working and doing things that I cared about in college in 2018. I I really didn't, I, college was a thing that I went to, to get in and get out. I wasn't interested in socializing uh, or taking extracurriculars or anything like that. I was interested in working while I was in college because when I was working, I was a professional or sorry, when I was in college, I was working as a professional Twitch streamer. Um, that was 2013 to 2018. It took me five years because I'm an idiot to finish college. So as a professional Twitch streamer, spent all my time doing that. I graduated college 
and I didn't want to stream anymore. So what am I going to do with the next era of my life? This is what I did in 2018, 2019. I was uh, one of the managers at a VR arcade, which is still open and still doing very well. Uh, and I was one of the one of the guys who managed that business and made sure it didn't burn to the ground. I was one of two people really in charge. And I left that job just recently, actually, in the last two months. I now work at Live as the creator manager. And so my career, like my actual career, outside of broadcasting, uh, that is now uh, not only my degree, but also the thing that I did as a Twitch partner is is going really well. I'm very happy with uh, my coworkers at Live. I've only been there for a little bit, but I, I don't go in hating my job. You know, it's not only just a paycheck to me. It's something that I actually get money for that I want to be successful because since around January 2017, I believe it was when I first got my Vive, uh, I've decided that VR is going to be the next technology. It's the technology that uh, is going to going to be the thing that, that like the jump in cars was from horse carriages or the jump from television, from radio. It's going to be the next big boost in technology for entertainment, for medical, for education, uh, for socialization. And so I wanted to be a part of that movement. That's what I focused a lot of my time doing in the past year. But for some actual events um, that I've done throughout the year, uh, I shot late 2018 a music video that came out in January, I believe this year is when it launched. And that video launched Split First. So the story with Split First is really cool because I, October 2018, was contacted by a studio with nothing to show. They had no resume, no idea who they were. Uh, they, there weren't any names anyone would have heard of. They had no, nothing really to show. And they said, hey, we want to fly you out into the middle of buttfuck nowhere, Missouri, for you to film uh, a video in Electronauts and Beat Saber. And I have absolutely no idea who these guys are, and I did it. Uh, I didn't sign any contracts or anything. I got the plane tickets, got on a plane, and I went somewhere uh, that I had never been before, but I had been to a couple times since. And so that launched uh, Splitverse. Of course, the editor, Jake, and the uh, owner, one of the co-owners, co-founders, Chris, uh, Christoph, those guys did a lot of the legwork, but I really appreciate the fact that they chose me to start up their studio and produce some of their first content. Well, later on, after that happened, and I didn't get murdered out in the Midwest doing, uh, you know, VR in the middle of a big studio in nowhere. There's literally nothing around where the studio is. A little bit after that, I got contacted by Facebook because they wanted to have me star in the uh, Beat Saber Oculus Quest announcement trailer. Uh, Beat Saber being on the Oculus Quest was no surprise to anyone, but they hired me out to go do that shoot. And then that shoot was not only a lot of fun and a great thing to have on my resume, but the producer from that shoot remembered me and decided to call me up and ask me to audition for another shoot, which was the Oculus Quest launch trailer. A little bit different than the Beat Saber announcement trailer because that trailer was not just only going to go out on YouTube, but they were going to pay for it to be on the front page of YouTube be all over advertisements on Facebook and Instagram and be on national television in the U.S., which was super cool. I was getting tweets and pictures and messages from people like, Nikki, I literally saw you on TV, which was super cool. Um, the video has millions of views on YouTube. I'm actually the thumbnail, and I know I'm bragging a bunch right now, 
but I was actually the thumbnail of a video that has millions of views on the front page of YouTube for a day, along with being on national television, uh, which I think was one of my biggest career moves of the year, which then in turn got me a job at Live because they noticed all the work that I've been doing and the fact that I've been in a bunch of trailers and stuff. In fact, if you download the Live DLC that removes the Live watermark on the software, I'm actually like the little downloadable icon image. So just a ton of career moves for me uh, since I've stopped streaming. A lot of people I know have a really hard time letting go when it comes to content creation and, and you know, I want to rebuild my channel. And at some point, you got to move on. Uh, I realized that I was on the tail end of my bell curve as far as popularity goes, moved on to a new career, and I've been investing a lot of time into it, and I've, I've done some pretty dope things. So I'm very happy with what's been happening so far, and I'm very happy to be working with the team at Live now. Uh, but that was probably the coolest thing that uh, millions of people this year have seen my face. So if you guys uh, if you guys are still watching any sports, I believe that is where the commercial is airing. And it'll be airing until December 31st to January 1st, something like that is how long I signed uh, for the commercial. So that was super cool. A little bit after I shot in Montreal. So I got to travel to Canada for the first time, actually. That's where the uh, national televised commercial was shot. Montreal, uh, Canada, beautiful country. First time I'd ever been that. That's probably the farthest north I've ever been in my life. And uh, Montreal had a lot of fun there. That was uh, obviously French Canada, where uh, which which was a little bit of little culture shocky to me, where everyone there speaks English and Canadians don't really have an accent to me until they say boot, a boot, or something like that. Uh, or they like say a word like the washroom or something like that instead of bathroom. But as far as Canadians go, uh, they I, I don't notice their accents. I might be stupid uh, until they say a word like that. So for them to to also be able to speak French, like I I just look at them like you're just North North America. Like this is just this is just what America is beyond Michigan. Um, but the fact that some of them spoke French was. It was kind of interesting to me. It was nice going out there and, and having their local cuisine. I had to say, though, poutine, I think. Uh, and I was saying before I went there, I can't believe we don't have this in America because this is literally like French fries covered in gravy. This really seems like an American food. A little overrated. Uh, not a huge fan of it. I, I feel like we have better fries here in America, whether it be like animal fries from In-N-Out. I know people say In-N-Out has crap fries. Or like chili cheese fries from Wienerschnitzel. Um, but... Fries and gravy, it's just, just another variation of that. I, I'm not super impressed with Canada's local cuisine. But uh, it was great traveling to Montreal. And then later on in the year, aside from Missouri and Montreal, uh, Kular and I went to Japan for, I think I was there for somewhere between two and three weeks. Uh, and I got to actually go to Tokyo for the first time. It's my third time in Japan. I think I've spent about 45 days of my life in Japan total. It was my first time in Tokyo. And it was unlike anywhere else I had ever been. Probably Kyoto. Tokyo is denser than San Francisco, right? You know a lot more about this stuff than I do. <laughs> like a lot, right? Nin Apartments are illegal to build in like 90% of San Francisco. So judge from that. All right. So uh, there's Tokyo is also a lot more spread out. But uh, it is... It Tokyo is, the, is huge. It is the biggest, probably the biggest city I've ever been to in my life. I think it's it is LA. one of the biggest cities in the entire world. Okay. I, I don't in know my scale of cities in, very well. And in physical size, too. Yeah, geographically speaking. Uh, other than, like, even even going to Tokyo and having been to L.A. a bunch of times, 
uh, that was shocking. Just the sheer amount of people moving around and getting on and off trains and walking in literally any part of the city. There are busy parts of San Francisco, but there are also not busy parts. And it seemed like everywhere in Tokyo, there was a billion people. I'm sure if you go out farther, then there's Yeah, I think if you go to outer Tokyo, it gets less, I think. Because the thing is, like, inner San Francisco was, like, a market area or, like, Powell area. Whereas, like, inner Tokyo is the whole thing we were at. We never left inner Tokyo. Effectively. And it's huge. It was super cool going there. And I, I love arcades here in America. But the arcade market in America is nothing compared to the Japanese market. So seeing Japanese arcade culture, I I play a, I play Waka around a lot now at round one, uh, which is a lot like Mai Mai. It's one of those games for I'm sure none of you know what it is. It's a rhythm game, uh, and there's a big circle, and you touch different parts of the circle to play the rhythm game. Uh, well, in Japan, I was very surprised to learn that everyone who goes there to play rhythm games plays with gloves, not only for sanitary purposes, but also it helps your hands slide around and not hurt your fingers as much. Um, and so that's something that I now do when I play Waka because I played a little bit of it in Japan. I played other hand rhythm games in Japan and quickly learned that, yeah, it's much better to play with gloves so you don't hurt your fingers as much. And seeing how people actually take care of their cabs and don't, like, spill pizza on it or drop soda everywhere or have children stomp as hard as they can on the DDR pads uh, and the way people treat their equipment in America... We've gotten in trouble for wiping down our pads after we play on them because we wear our shoes on them, they get muddy, we sweat on them, whatever. In America, we've gotten in trouble for cleaning off those pads. Where in Japan, there's a mop next to every single dance rush cab. And it's custom, it's a cultural thing for you to actually like wipe down your pad after you're done or as you're playing. And I wish people in America treated... Uh, the equipment as well as I did in Japan. But it's great going over there. I, I love Japanese arcade culture. And the, if, despite the fact that I'm a water vegan and I absolutely won't eat anything that comes out of the ocean, uh, lots of the other food. We went to Yakiniku, I think, twice we were there. Ate a lot of meat. I think I gained like five pounds when we were in Japan in September that I'm just getting off right now. Like I think I'm back down to the weight I was before I got to Japan. Uh, we had, We had a lot of meat there, but... That was a good time, and that was one of my uh, more major trips. And then, of course, I went to the Borderlands 3 event right after I got back to Montreal. It was really great that 2K invited me to that. It was honestly an honor because I'm. it's no secret that I'm not a huge content creator anymore. Not that I was ever an S-tier content creator, but it's not the thing that I'm doing full-time anymore. Um, but I supported their previous game, Battleborn, quite a bit. So for them to have sent me out to that Borderlands 3 event, for me to see a lot of my content creator friends because they're going to go to TwitchCon this year, uh, in an environment that wasn't a crap fest like TwitchCon was uh, a lot of fun to, to just remind people that I exist and to play Borderlands 3. Although it's not a game that I, you know, I haven't played it. It came out, they gave me a key. It's not a game that I'm interested in anymore. I don't want to sit around and, and loot and shoot and just drain hours into something um, uh, for RPG progression. I'd rather drain hours into something for a skill-based kind of thing. Uh, it was a lot of fun to play the game, and I very, I very much appreciate that the guys at 2K remembered the fact that uh, I, I mean, Evolve and Battleborn, both games that I played a lot of. Uh, I, I appreciate the fact that they remembered me 
and sent me out to that. And those are huge campaigns. So major props to the 2K influencer relations team for that. Because flying out hundreds of people to do that campaign uh, was awesome. I also stopped playing a bunch of Pokemon Go. Kewler knows how debilitatingly addicted I was to Pokemon Go. Um, I've re- since replaced that edition with Pokemon cards. And despite that, I've spent no money on Pokemon Go just on a personal level. I don't want to spend money on mobile games. I probably spent about $1,000 now on Pokemon cards in four months. I am enjoying it a ton. I've made a lot of friends. I go out to uh, various card shops around the area. I, I frequent about three of them. And I've made a lot of friends, a lot of cool people who work in different industries. And, you know, it, I I can get caught up easily in the echo feedback loop of VR people, everyone who loves VR and, and then now I'm talking to people who have no idea what VR is. We're playing with literally the most uh, primitive uh, pr- the most primitive form of entertainment there that still exists today. Literally paper. Like we're literally playing with cards and dice. Not even a video game. So to, so go out and, and expand my... That's how I expand my circle. You know, I, I'm in the circle jerk echo chamber that is people who love VR... So to go out and hang out with other people and we have something completely tangential to VR in common. Um, I've been playing a lot of Pokemon cards and hanging out with those people and uh, supporting local businesses. That's one thing that I, I, I actually started to respect a lot more now. Because people are not in the business of doing uh, card shop stuff to make big bucks. They're, they do that. Everyone who works at a card shop works there because they love board games. They love magic or they love Pokemon or they play Hearthstone or they love comic books. Everyone who who works at a card shop is actually passionate and, and doing something that they love, uh, even though it doesn't pay that much money. People who own those businesses own those businesses because they want to support their community and support spreading comics around. Very similar to VR arcades. And so despite the fact that you know supporting a local business prices might be a little more insane. Now that I'm making a, a little bit more money now that I have a full-time job that's stable income relative to working at Twitch. I can afford to support those little local shops and help someone uh, support a community of people who are also doing a thing that I care about. So I've, I've, I've come to appreciate a lot more uh, small businesses and people who actually still have physical locations, which sometimes I do question why physical stores even still exist because I could just get it off of Amazon or get it online. Uh, like if I want something very specific, I, I'm not even going to go to a local store and try to get it. I'll just get it online because I. why would I want to waste my time? So I, I really respect that now. And I've started playing a lot more uh, of the Pokemon TCG because there is a still large community around it. I, I've also picked up Sword and Shield, although in the past two weeks I've probably been playing it less because I've been playing a lot of cards. But I'm going to get a little bit more into Pokemon uh, in 2020. I want to get... There's this new thing. It's the Switch Switch Up. It's a little plug-in. It's honestly cheating. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Because it has firmware or software that allows you to literally have like aimbot in Fortnite. Now, of course, I have no interest in Fortnite. I'm not going to use it for that. But similarly, it'll hatch eggs for you in Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. And I don't want to waste all my time breeding my own competitive team. I know they're rental teams, but I want to tweak things how I want to tweak them. So I'm playing cards for now, and I'm waiting till I can get my hands on one of those. I just breed myself a bunch of Pokemon and then go compete online. 
uh, a little bit more because I've definitely slowed down on that for a little bit. Uh, but as far as plans for 2020, I I might I might be showing up in Europe uh, next year. I have some tentative plans. I haven't even actually talked to Keeler about this yet, but uh, I have some I have some plans. I think I try to go somewhere every year, but uh, Europe might be my trip next year. I do want to go back to Japan because I really really want to go back to the arcades. But next year I'll be traveling uh, across the Atlantic this time. And I'll be working on a bunch of cool things with Liv because I've only been with the team for two months now. And, you know, for anyone listening, I'll spill the beans. None of this is top secret NDA. And Liv is actually very flexible with what we talk about. And if if uh, it's out there, then it's out there. We don't, like, hold any crazy industry secrets. But I'll tease a little bit of what we're working on right now. I hope to release this video very soon. But we're working on some technology. If you have a certain phone... You can film mixed reality without a green screen using that phone. And yesterday I was shooting a ton of footage for that. I actually have to uh, go and edit that next week when I am off break because I am chilling for Christmas. But we are doing some cool things where you will be able to composite yourself into mixed reality using uh, your mobile device. And hopefully not that much more effort. So the team, like I said earlier, we're doing something that I'm passionate about and I'm getting a paycheck for it. So that's just, uh, that's really, that's the dream right there. You know, I don't, I'm not working paycheck to paycheck, but also I feel like the contributions I'm adding to the world are contributions that I feel like I actually care about. Anyway, we're going to end here with a couple of, I went through everything I tweeted in 2019. I don't tweet that much. Some months I, I'll tweet like four different things. I want to put out a couple pictures on Instagram, so go follow me on Instagram, instagram.com shampoo, of things I didn't post this year, behind the scenes for the Oculus Quest shoots because we actually are allowed to do that because I've seen that the production company that shot for us did it. So I'm going to start posting some behind the, th behind the scenes things that I haven't shown off. Instagram.com shampoo, hit me up over there, please, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but some of my favorite tweets of the year. I got to go track down this game. I think it's called Saxophone. It's an indie game that I saw at GDC and they gave me a kazoo as a business card to remember their game and I forgot about it and never played the game. But I saw that tweet and I remembered the kazoo and I want to go play that game. So Saxophone is uh, the game I want to check out. But my other, my other favorite tweets of the year. I was working at the Hero Hangout when the following happened. This was in downtown San Mateo. A police officer caught me chilling by the door at work and asked me, did you happen to see a guy run by with two metal baseball bats shouting, come here, motherfucker? If you see him, contact me immediately and tell me why he's so angry. That that dude, I never found out. I never heard if the cops caught him or not. But I do remember a police officer coming, uh, coming into the store and I immediately got super defensive because I thought my car was going to get towed or something because I'm always afraid of parking in any downtown area. Uh, but since I worked at the Hero Hangout, now that I do not uh, work there very much anymore, met a lot of crazy people. We had a lady walk in barefoot and walk out barefoot. Um, that's just really weird. Uh, I don't think you should be walking around outdoors. Not only for like the protection of your feet. I don't want you to step on a heroin needle, which is not uncommon in the San Francisco era, area to be on the floor. Uh, this is just dirty. Now you're just, you're just walking around with your bare feet in your house and outdoors. Maybe it's because I'm Asian 
and and even the prospect of walking around with shoes in a house is crazy to me. But walking without shoes outside is even crazier in a public business. Uh, I saw a lot of crazy people in my time working uh, with the public out there. And the other thing is, uh, we, we can look back on this now and see how well this tweet has aged. While having a broadcasting degree is cool and all, companies who follow me should know I'm employable with uh, a range of other college skills, such as basic biology, advanced knowledge of Buddhism, and competent bloat art skills. I tweeted this one out in January last, actually this year, it's still 2019. Out of those three things, I no longer remember anything about basic biology. I just finished a biology course. That was like the last class I took. I, I don't remember anything from it anymore. They actually, one of the things they taught us in that class was how to figure out when a woman would get her period, which is information that is very pertinent to me. Uh, not when she would get her period. That, that's the, almost the same time every month. I'm a dumbass. Um, when she is the most fertile. Uh, so what times you should try to have sex if you want to have a baby or maybe you want to avoid busting in her if you don't want to have a kid. Uh, that information I remembered for about four weeks after this tweet and I no longer remember how to do that. It's some like really basic math equation from when she had her last period and then the amount of days that that was and then subtract to like 14 or something like that. I don't remember it all, but I don't remember anything but basic biology. Um, the advanced knowledge of Buddhism, I took a, a pretty like high level class on world religions and we spoke a lot about Buddhism. I don't remember anything about that anymore. In fact, college really, I didn't learn anything. I, I'm, I, I have $9,000 of student debt apparently and I don't remember anything and I'm not even working in the field of broadcasting, although it's what I'm going to fall back on if Liv were to collapse. Uh, I don't, I just, none of that knowledge is useful to me. However, the competent bloat art skills, I still remember a lot about that. Uh, one of the things you want to do if you're shooting a bloat art is you always want to exhale when you have a full breath, when your lungs are full, because you can get consistent results. The only time you know how much air is in your lungs is when it's empty or when it's full. It's really hard to tell if your lungs were like 75 or 60% full. So if you're shooting a blow dart, pro tip for, for those of you who are going to participate in the 2020 purge, make sure you inhale fully and then practice firing with a full amount of air in your lungs because then you'll always get a consistent shot. Then you can practice on aiming and hitting moving targets and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, afterwards but that's one thing that I learned uh, how to do when I was in college because I um, I used it to de-stress from having a bunch of finals and uh, being a Twitch streamer because that was also stressful that's another thing man actually working at a company is significantly less stressful than uh, working as a Twitch streamer but that is my uh, in short year interview Keeler and I are going to go and do holiday things now for those of you who celebrate Christmas Merry Christmas for those of you who don't uh, then have a good new year and December 25th. I will see you guys all. The next podcast will be on January. Is it 7th, Keeler? Yeah, January 7th. That is the next Tuesday. Uh, Tuesdays, 8 p.m. PST here live on twitch.tv slash Del Shampoo. You can catch us on Spotify. Leave us a rating. Follow me on Instagram because I'm going to post a bunch of pictures from the year that I am allowed to post and that I just got too lazy to post. Uh, follow me on Twitter. I've been your host, DJ Nikki from Del Shampoo. I'll see you guys all next year.